Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at BigBlueInsider1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Welcome to the Big Blue Insider. Friday evening, it is the weekend officially, and there's a lot going on, of course. Football and basketball. Football Wildcats not involved this weekend, but uh, they will find out Sunday which bowl game they will attend and be a part of. And we will talk about football playoffs tonight as well as men's and women's basketball. The games are going to overlap a little bit. You've got the women's game beginning at 1 o'clock and you've got the men's game beginning at 2 o'clock. Women are playing at home and the men are playing, of course, up in Cleveland. And, Billy, I believe the uh, women are on our sister station. Is that correct, 105.5? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so you'll hear Darren and the women trying to bounce back from their first loss, believe it or not, playing Wofford, the Terriers of Wofford. So that'll happen uh, on uh, Saturday at 1. Then the men, of course, take on North Carolina. And I'll guarantee you, Billy, that there will be people turning the TV on expecting to see Kentucky play UCLA in spite of all the information that's come out. There will be people, I believe going, hey, yes. what's the deal? You know, but I would have to think they'd be uh, delighted because, you know, to a Kentucky fan, I would think that's a better, uh, a more intriguing matchup. North Carolina's a better rival. But, uh, Aaron, you know, I've, I've seen all over the place. Well, I think I won't say that we started talking about it, but, shoot, back on Monday night we were talking about with Derek Terry the fact that we all believe this is a must-win game for Kentucky. Yeah, it's pretty – I mean, I know we, we all of us don't love the term must-win, but it's pretty damn close because given the the resume that they need to build here, I mean, North Carolina is a golden opportunity to knock off a ranked team of Tier 1 in the Ken Palm and start padding that resume. And if you can, you know, win this one and beat Louisville, I mean, all of a sudden all you have to do is put together – uh, a positive uh, SEC performance, which it looked like it was going to be really hard coming into the year. But you look around the conference, and you know teams are underperforming. I mean, other than Tennessee and Missouri, looks really good. Uh, a lot of beatable teams in the SEC. Yep, I agree. So uh, you'll hear it right here. I know you're going to want to watch, but as we always say, God gave you two ears. So you know. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to Darren with one ear. And Tom Leach and Mike Pratt with the other ear. You can watch the, the, the men's game on TV. And you can watch the women's game on SCC Plus. But if you're going to watch, that's fine. But turn the sound down. And you got, like I said, you got stereo basketball, men in one ear, women in the other. So let's keep everybody happy. Uh, we will talk basketball tonight. Cameron Mills is going to join us. Believe it or not, this is the 15th year anniversary of the 96 championship team. And we've talked about it before. 
I don't know if we've talked about it with Cameron, but we talked about it on this show <clears throat> that it is one of the most underappreciated, underrated national championship teams. When websites or newspapers or whoever, uh, you know, try to fill space, time, and inches with those surveys or polls or rankings during the summertime, sometimes they'll take a poll or survey, which was the greatest NCAA championship team. Uh, For my money, and kids, you're going to have to use your Google machine on this, it's the 1968 UCLA team. That was uh, Lou Alcindor's senior year. In fact, they won three straight national championships. I think that was one of the undefeated teams. Anyway, um, but that 96 team for Kentucky, I believe, could have played and beaten anybody anybody but for whatever reason it just doesn't seem to come up and it might be just because people don't you know didn't care for rick patino uh didn't have a sole superstar on that team and we'll talk with cameron about it because the documentary that that we all did the the, the group of us did was called the team And and those guys had to learn to play as a team much like this team this year although they had juniors and seniors, and, of course, this team has a couple but not many. Uh, but, yeah, 15-year anniversary. That's pretty amazing. Uh, so we'll talk to him. Steve Moss is going to join us from Channel 27 at the bottom of the hour, WKYT. They don't like to say Channel 27 anymore because, truly, nobody uses Channel 27. It's your cable channel number. It's your satellite dish number. It's your – the only time you see it is if you use the antenna. Uh, the outdoor antenna, which a lot of people are doing now. But anyhow, uh, KYT Steve Moss will join us and update us on the high school football playoffs, which are today. And by the way, shameless plug for Billy Rutledge, who is guest hosting tonight's high school sports show, right? That's correct. Um, 10 to midnight with Coach Don Atkins. We're going to be giving scores and interviewing some of the coaches from the games today and tomorrow. So we'll be previewing all that tonight. And Freddie Maggard will join, I know. Yep. And uh, our pal Tony Vanetti, a fine Trinity Shamrock, will check in from Louisville, our sister station, WHAS, and preview tomorrow's 6A game, which is Trinity and Mayo. That's become quite the rivalry. So uh, Billy's got a full night, a full evening, but we invite you to to stay tuned. Just leave your radio right where it is. Uh, I need to start off tonight with some college football chatter, but it it doesn't involve the Wildcats, but – there's some stuff going on. First of all, the Sun Belt title game has been canceled. <clears throat> 19th-ranked Louisiana, 12th-ranked Coastal Carolina, a positive COVID-19 test within the Coastal program, which was announced last night. Because of contact tracing, an entire position group would not be available to play for the Chanticleers because of possible exposure. So that means Saturday's game has been canceled so the league will recognize both Louisiana and Coastal Carolina as co-champions. I believe, I've lost track of this, but I believe this Louisiana program is what used to be Southwest Louisiana. Uh, anyhow, they are a good team. There's no question about that. Uh, the Sun Belt previously decided, decided to submit its highest-ranked team in the college football playoff as champion if the conference game could not be played conference title game so coastal will be considered the Sun Belt rep to the cfp and uh that gives the chanticleers a shot 
at a New Year's Six Bowl as the highest-ranked group of five conference champ if number 23 Tulsa beats Cincinnati in the uh, AAC title game on Saturday. Cincinnati is number nine. So, Sunbelt title game out the window. Ohio State is playing Northwestern tomorrow in the Big Ten title game. Ohio State has dealt with a bunch of COVID. In fact, the Michigan State game, Ohio State played minus 18 scholarship players. I didn't get to see much of that game. Aaron, did you get to watch much of that game? I uh, can't say I did. No. All right. Well, you know, that's that kind of took me by surprise. I knew they were missing some players, but they were missing 18 scholarly players. It was a lot like uh, South Carolina was in bad shape. Ohio State has said it will not release the weekly update until Saturday morning. So, of course, nobody will know how much, and I'm, I'm not going to say if at all because it will, how much the virus will affect the Ohio State roster. Uh, of course, Ohio State had to cancel the Illinois game and the Michigan games because of COVID, but they got the special dispensation that set Billy's Molars to grinding uh, that allows them to play Northwestern in the championship game. So if you're going to tune in, You'll find out at 10.45 in the morning tomorrow, prior to a noon kickoff, per an Ohio State spokesperson. Unless they cancel that game, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know how you want to look at this. Um, If they're missing a bunch of players, it can only help Northwestern. But I don't know, Billy, this just seems to smack of a little bit of arrogance. But on the other hand, if you're Ohio State, wouldn't you do the same thing? I guess, yeah, but, you know, you've already hit the nail on the head. This is already a topic that's been grinding my gears. That's already been the rules for them to get a, be able to play this game so they can get into the college football playoff. Now they want to wait and not be transparent with players' health during a global pandemic. You know, this is an issue we've talked about. It's a bad look, but, you know, on the flip side, it is seen as a competitive advantage when you can say that I have an entire secondary out yep. and then the other team can absolutely see the information you give and, and game plan based on it. So I, I see where they're coming from, but arrogance, uh, it's just bad optics. It's yet again, uh, Ohio State making controversy headlines. I mean, how many games they played this year, Dick? Like five? Yep. It's, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they deserve to be in the playoff this year. The league is the, nope. big, <clears throat> the big one. And the other nine, uh, or however many. They actually have, like, what, 12 now? Um, now, technically, they are being transparent. They're just waiting to the last minute. Aaron, does this bother you? Yeah, it does bother me. I'm with Billy. I don't think they should be in the playoff. I don't even love uh, that they're in this game because I would have been okay with them being in this game if they didn't change the rules. Yeah. I mean, they literally – Said what was it the six game minimum, and yep. then they changed the rules yep. uh, for it to get Ohio State in because they knew um, it's better for their conference to have Ohio State playing. I oh mean, sure, it, yeah. You know, Indiana, I know Indiana lost to Ohio State, but it was a very close game. Indiana played, yeah. I think they played seven, and they're six and one. So I would, I would way rather see Indiana in this game. Um, so yeah, every really everything that Ohio State's been doing has been bothering me. And uh, as my dad's a Northwestern <laughs> alum, so I'll be really ah, nice to watch. Okay. Uh, per Big Ten rules, testing has to take place 16 hours prior to kickoff. Uh, they got to test twice, actually, and Ohio State didn't want to wait to conduct that second test in Columbus because then they'd have to scramble to leave late at night. So there's a lot that went into it. 
and you know, Big Ten protocol says players who test positive have to remain out of competition for 21 days. I wasn't aware of that. And after 14 days and a cardiac exam, they can go back to one week acclimatization period. But still, uh, that's a lot to ask. One other note about college football. You talk about arrogance. Brian Kelly is threatening to decline. And yeah, I'm like, right. Is threatening to decline an invite to the playoff if the parents of his players aren't allowed to attend the game. Now, I, I passionately believe that parents ought to be allowed to attend the game. But to threaten to not take your team, how's that going to go over with the Notre Dame fan base, which is as broad in this country, Notre Dame football, as any other sport? And, yes, I'm including Kentucky basketball. Can you imagine – Aaron, I heard you I, chuckling. How would that go over with his own players? Like, exactly. I guess they want their families to be there, but they went through this hell of a season with, you know, all the COVID protocols, not knowing what week you were going to get the call that you were sick or that your teammate that was standing right next to you was sick yep. and you had to go isolate. And they played their butts off. They beat Clemson. Yep. Uh, got that monkey off their back. They go undefeated. And really, whatever happens tomorrow you, uh, against Clemson in the ACC title game, you're probably getting in. So uh, that's just disrespectful to their, his own players. I, I understand wanting the families there. I absolutely agree uh, that families should be allowed there because we know enough about this virus to have reduced crowds. But that's just that's ridiculous to threaten that. And I'm sure the university can't like hearing that, too. There's a lot of money to be made. And to be fair... Uh, Dabo Swinney has agreed, saying it's a mistake to keep the playoff uh, at a place where the par- parents and families cannot attend. They've both talked about moving the game. Uh, and, and Kelly makes a good point, though, when he says, <clears throat> we have all been flexible throughout this. He says, where's the flexibility for the student-athlete? He said, why can't we be flexible for them? And essentially he's saying, move the Rose Bowl out of the Rose Bowl, literally that stadium in L.A., because this is all about California protocols. Uh, why can't it be in Las Vegas or in some other town? To that end, Billy, it makes a good point. Yeah, um, I'm kind of divided. I, I really am. I, I don't need to hear what Dabo has to say. And I think we praise <laughs> college football coaches. Maybe not praise is the right word, but we even look to them on things they're not experts at. You know, they, they I understand they're looking out for the best of their student athletes, but they don't know what's best for the uh, you know, the state of California, maybe it is to not have these crowds. Maybe that's what it's going to take to get this game in. But to not reward the guys and to not accept a bid into that, I, I think that would be a mistake because they've gone through a lot to get this to this point. And, you know, even though I wanted my mom on the sideline for every game, if she was able to miss or she had to miss a game once in a while, I didn't quit and cry and go to the sideline and say I didn't want to play. I, I still went on. Well, we will keep an eye on that, obviously. And, of course, this presumes that Notre Dame would beat Clemson because, in my opinion, if they don't, uh, well, you know, maybe they do take Notre Dame. But I think I think if they if Clemson wins, I don't know that Notre Dame You goes think they join the conference after this year? You know, there's been speculation about that. I would not if I were Notre Dame. And if I still had the same deal, the same independent deal with Notre Dame, uh, you know, someone would have to spell it because they already are. But you're just strictly talking about football. I don't know that I would if I were Notre Dame because I had everything going for me prior to the to the pandemic. I don't know that I'd lock into an ACC uh, schedule and either you know you got to compete with Clemson 
as long as they're good or maybe Florida State becomes good again, whoever. But if you're – Notre Dame was, was, you know, playing a good schedule, a decent competitive schedule. But it was the national university. I don't know if I'd give that up, but it may happen. We'll take a break. We're back with more of the Big Blue Insider. Bottom of the hour, we get caught up on the high school playoffs. Charles Barkley is talking again, and that's always entertaining. We're back in a minute on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. It's all across the land. There's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Well, it was advantageous for somebody to move to L.A., but football coaches want to see those games going in the other direction. Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider. And my mistake, and you know what's dumb about this was when we did the documentary on the 96 team, it was uh, around the 20th anniversary, <laughs> the reunion. And here I'm going on about how they've, it's been 15 years. It's been 25 years. Man, Cameron Mills is getting old, uh, but still looks great. And uh, is technically still a newlywed. So anyhow, uh, my thanks to, uh, to the folks who pointed that out. Cameron's coming up in hour number two. A few minutes, we're going to find out what's going on with the high school playoffs. But uh, we've talked a lot of football, of course. But uh, one thing I, I meant to mention this earlier, Keontae Johnson released from his hospital bed, I'm told, a, uh, a video, quick video on Twitter thanking people for support, and he got a lot of uh, letters from second graders, apparently. <clears throat> so he reached out to fans, and the fact that he is able to release that message is great news, of course. John Calipari, though, is uh, has been pretty vocal about the fact that we know a little bit, as he said, about this situation and COVID. We know that uh, Kante Johnson had uh, the virus back in the summer, but Calipari has said, I would hope if there was something related to COVID, they'd let us all know, he said, because I have a couple of kids who had it earlier. Uh, I'm in favor of that as a corona survivor. There's no word yet on the – obviously, uh, Johnson's medical status has been upgraded, but there's no word yet on if and when he'll be coming back. So this is a guy who was in a medically induced coma a few days ago. But getting back to Calipari's uh, comments, I think if they know, and Billy, you use the word transparency, I think whoever is capable or able able to do this, you know, what with HIPAA laws and all, they've got to let people know if Johnson's condition was related to COVID, right? Well, I'd hope so, but good luck finding that kind of transparency around yep. here. Um, if that's the case, you say goodbye to this season, Dick. Um, you know, I think there's a very real shot they would cancel the season if this was COVID-related and just all the unknowns that are happening with myocarditis and the inflammation of the heart in some cases here. So, you know, I, I was it was great to see him up and moving and, and releasing that video. And you mentioned Calipari's comments. He even went on to talk about Marcus Camby and a situation he had with him blacking out on the court like that one time and how Cal had to monitor, monitor him for the next few years and he went on to play 15 years in the NBA. I'm hoping it's not uh, COVID-related, but oh, yeah. if it is, you know, watch out. And I hope mm. that that information is spread transparently. Well, there was a football player, Aaron, who uh, was, was diagnosed with myocarditis, and they did not cancel. Of course, it's different people who are running football versus basketball, but the cynic in me says, uh, while what Billy says in theory is proper, I don't know that they canceled the season. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think they cancel it. Maybe at most they would pause for a week or pause for a little bit to do more research. But I, I don't disagree with Billy where I think maybe they should if they find that. But uh, unfortunately, it's going to come down to dollars and there's too much at stake here. And it's not the right thing. But it's just probably what's going to happen, given what we've seen with football in really every sport since this started. Yep, I agree. And it, uh, if it if it indeed happens, well, we'll have to find something else to talk about. And we will talk about football on the other side of the break when we come back. It's the Big Blue Insider, 630 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome back. Friday night, it is not the first weekend in December, which is ordinarily when the high school football playoffs are played, but uh, they've got them going they're underway uh, that's a great thing and uh, steve moss is the uh, senior sports videographer at wkyt whoa you better there you go turn him down a little bit um steve has been shooting high school football games for many 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 years and as you can tell he is over there at kroger field steve what kind of crowd do they have over there I guess I you can't I can hear barely it. hear you. Sorry. All right. Uh, no, they had a they had a really good crowd over here uh, for the first two games. Paintsville uh, gets the win uh, in the first game over here today, and then Boyle County, uh, Franklin County, are getting ready to set uh, uh, to to go at it here in the in the four A state championship. But we just now finished the uh, the two A state championship. LCA falls twenty four twenty three. Uh, Beachwood on a block extra point. Oh, really? Time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we had we had a great crowd. Uh, Commissioner Julian Tackett said that uh, the crowd was really good today. So, and uh, with Boyle County and Franklin County playing here, two Central Kentucky teams, Franklin County making its first appearance ever in the state championship game, we should have a really nice crowd here tonight. Yeah, and uh, Boyle County lost in a championship game last year, right? That's right, and uh, they're they're actually making their third championship appearance appearance in the last four years. They're looking to pick up their ninth state championship. Something Chuck Smith built over there, uh, you know, continues now uh, under Justin Haddix, uh, his first year at Boyle County, and he leads them to the state title game. Has this been a good year for high school football in Lexington, in your opinion? You know, despite all of the the setbacks of teams you know, trying to find opponents at the last minute because of cancellations due to COVID. I think it's been a great year for Lexington schools. Douglas was, was really, really good, and a lot of people thought that they would be playing uh, here this weekend. Uh, you know, uh, of course, LCA making it to the state championship game. They had a tremendous year. So I, I thought it was a really, really good year for Lexington schools, despite all of the interruptions, despite all of the distractions. Uh, you know, and I'm just, you know, as a high school fan, and, and I know that you feel this way too, you know, it's just, it's remarkable that we're here to this point where we're actually playing, you know, a state title game here on, on Friday night and tomorrow there'll be three games as well. It's just, uh, it's just incredible what these coaches and players have gone through and what they've been able to kind of salvage. All right. So this morning it was Paintsville 
and Country Day out of Louisville, right? That's correct. Paintsville uh, uh, won it easily. I can't remember the final score, but they've become the first 1A school in state history to win a title in basketball, baseball, and now football. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. incredible. I think, I think Owensboro has turned the trick, too. They may be the only two schools that have done that, but there's probably another one or two. And then you had Beachwood and LCA, and you said LCA lost that game. So Beachwood wins. Beachwood wins. You know, they're here, it seems like, every year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the interesting thing, and, and you'll appreciate this, uh, I can remember uh, covering my first state tournament game with Beachwood in it. They, they beat Harrodsburg, and the quarterback for Beachwood was a, was a kid. I think, you know, he, I, if he didn't win Mr. Football, he should have. His last name was Hergott. Well, today his kid leads them to a state championship oh, game. So it was pretty crazy. That and is, then there was a, there's another kid that plays for Beachwood, and I kid you not, his name is Artie Steinmetz. And I oh, don't know if he's a nephew or a cousin, but he bears the name of the former U.K. player who was killed tragically in that car wreck. Yeah, that was back in so, 1998. we come full circle here, you know. We've been yeah. doing this long enough. <laughs> I was going to say, we're getting Marty, pretty old. Marty Moore, you know. The former, the former UK great linebacker. He's yeah. he's an assistant coach at LCA. His kid is a tremendous player uh, I've for, heard for that. the Eagles. So, you know, yeah. we're all coming full circle. We're so old. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So then tomorrow morning it's E Town and uh, Blazer from Ashland, right? That's at 11 a.m. You know, and Ashland has the undefeated season going. Their basketball team, you know, mythical state champs because they weren't able to yeah. to finish the deal because of COVID. They were undefeated, so the football team and the basketball team, 40-0. and 0. Oh. How about that? <laughs> Have a year, Ashland. Yeah, really. So, And you mentioned yeah. Owensboro. Owensboro is always good, and Bowling Green's always good. So they go after yep. the uh, the 5A, right, tomorrow? Uh, I, I think that's the schedule. I don't have it in yeah, front it of is. me, and I, I don't have it memorized. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Boyle County and Franklin County are warming up right now, so that's kind of where my focus is. I got Sorry. you. Um, and yeah, then, no, it's just, you know, Boyle County looking for their ninth state championship. And Franklin County is a tremendous story. You know, they've, they've, beat, they've been beaten once this year, and these two teams could break the scoreboard. Um, you've got two quarterbacks going at each other here. I think they've combined for about 52 touchdown passes and one interception between the two of them. <laughs> wow. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. And then tomorrow night it's the, uh, the finale, the 6A. Yeah. Uh, Trinity and Mayo, and that's turned into one heck of a rivalry. And my Shamrocks yeah. destroyed St. X. I was surprised by that. You know, St. X has kind of been down for the last two or three years. Yeah. And Mayo, Mayo has had some really tremendous teams. We we can remember the Michael Bush, uh, oh, yeah. Brian Brom shootout, you know. Uh, yep. But, I, you know, Mayo, Mayo's got, got those athletes, so that ought to be a good one. Uh, Steve, you mentioned the event itself was going off pretty well and Tackett talking about the crowd. How does it look? Are, are they making an impact on the game? Are the parents getting loud? Or are they selling concessions? What is what is it like around there? Well, I, I, I don't know as far as an impact on the game. Uh, there's just not enough people here to, to raise that kind of noise. But, you know, in terms of, like, concessions, yeah, there, there's a few uh, concession areas open back there. I was walking through there earlier. And uh, there were some long lines because there's not enough of them open. But, um, I, you know, I think the KHSA has to be really, really pleased with the crowd. Um, 
there's going to be a, a big crowd here for this game, the nightcap. And then, you know, tomorrow you've got all those Western Kentucky teams, so we may see a dip in the crowd. But but I've been very surprised uh, with the turnout, and I, I think the commissioner's got to be happy. Steve, you mentioned some of the Lexington high schools earlier. Uh, obviously, a couple signed with Kentucky this year, DeKel Kratis and Jagger Burton. How did those two guys? And they were here today, by the way. Right. I, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. They were here today, and they were they were leaning over the, the, the rail here, the first row, cheering on LCA. So, good on oh, them. There you go. Yeah. That's cool. And, um, so, how do those guys compare to some of the other kids from Lexington, say, the Landon Youngs and uh, the Lafayette kids like Walker Wood um, that have committed to Kentucky? Oh, uh, you know, kids? yeah, the, the Douglas team is predicated on speed. You know, you get you get the ball to crowd us out in space, and he does his thing. And and you've got Jagger Burton, who's uh, you know he's just a road grader up front. It's it's you know it's like man against boy. Uh, you know when he lines up against some of these guys, they're uh, they're a very very talented team. Um, they just got they got caught in a situation where they ran up against a good team and got knocked out of it. But but Douglas is uh, Douglas is good. You know they've got those six or seven kids on that team that have that have all received scholarship offers from power five schools, including Kentucky. And you've got a couple of juniors who are going to be uh, tremendous players next season for Douglas, like Dane key, whose dad Dante played at Kentucky. So uh, and he's a, you know, he's a receiver. So Kentucky needs receivers, right? Uh, you got to think that uh, he'll give the cats a hard look, but they're there as a team. Douglas is, is uh, tremendous athletically, and they're 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 very fast on turf. So uh, it would be nice to see them playing Trinity, or well, they wouldn't be playing Trinity. They're five A. So yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, Douglas is really really good. They hey, got was, it going over there. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Steve, because uh, Douglas, you know, lands in Lexington, you know, pops up and builds a, a football program pretty quickly, and then there were kids from other programs who right. winds up playing. And it reminded me a great deal, I'm going way back, to when they built Ballard High School in Louisville. And Ballard's been, you know, good in some sports, but has been really good at basketball. And and as soon as they started playing basketball, Westport High School went from being a regional contender each year to, to next to nothing, with all due respect, uh, because just of the way the the – what was it the zoning was or whatever, wherever kids lived. And I'm wondering, do you think Douglas has done that at their level? Have they really had that kind of impact on the other schools in the area, not just yeah. in Lexington? Yeah, you know, and I, it, it, you know, it's a big political question as well because of, you know, do they recruit? Do, do kids recruit them? You know, that kind of thing. We, we saw it when, when Danny Haney had Lexington Catholic going yeah. in basketball here. Uh, you know, the schools decided, well, we're not going to play you. Uh, there's kind of a, a soft, silent movement out there that, that maybe some of the Lexington schools would rather not play Douglas. Uh, you know, it, it, Douglas certainly benefits from being in 5A. They don't have to play for, you know, some people say you're playing for second place when you're in 6A against Trinity and X and those, those schools, you know. So uh, it's, you know... They got it rolling from day one. They had some guys transfer in. They were able to, uh, because, you know, of districting and things like that, they were able to get some guys in there. And, uh, you know, they're still a very young program. 
so, uh, you know, Brian Landis, uh, who was, you know, the inaugural coach, took a job at Georgia State. Right. Uh, and, and now Nathan McPeak is the coach over there, and they haven't missed a beat. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess you could say they've, you know, they've benefited from being the new shiny school that, uh, you know, has all the bells and whistles, and where they're located has certainly helped them a lot. Yeah. Uh, Steve. Uh, are you looking forward to seeing any prospects in these last three or four games? You know, you mentioned Dakel Crowdis that's not participating in it. Maybe Gavin Wimsett yeah. with Owensboro, the junior quarterback. Uh, who else are you looking forward to seeing? Well, you know, there's a there's a lot of good players that uh, that a lot of people out there don't know about, like in this game coming up. Uh, you know, you've got a wide receiver at Franklin County and Fred Perrier. You know, if that name sounds familiar, it's because his dad used to be the head coach at Kentucky State, and now he's the uh, running backs coach at Alabama A&M. I want to see him play. I haven't been able to see Franklin County play this year. Uh, you know, and then you've got Nick Boyles, their quarterback. Uh, you know, the last time Franklin County had a quarterback like Nick Boyles, uh, you know, Logan Woodside now plays for the Tennessee Titans. So, these are the guys that I want to see. There's a couple of kids that, you know, from Boyle County that I've seen play a few times this year. And uh, there's just a, there's, there's a lot of good players uh, here playing today and tomorrow that, that a lot, you know, people will, will hear about them next year on Saturday. That's what's fun about covering high school football. Steve Moss has been doing this forever. And watch for his highlights tonight on WKYT News at 11. Thank you, Mossy. Get back to work. All right. We'll see you guys. Have a good one. That's Steve Moss, and we're back in just a few here on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Thanks again to Steve Moss for joining us. Three games today, three games tomorrow, and only because they've got artificial turf now at Kroger Field that uh, the playoffs were moved over from Louisville. And I can tell you this, they tried to play at Commonwealth Stadium. I think you got to go back to 1976, believe it or not. And uh, that was back when they, they had, I think, four classifications, maybe just three. And I think it was three, and they played the three games in one day destroyed the field absolutely destroyed the the grass field so uh, if you like artificial turf that's fine if you don't like it there uh, there's a plus now don't you think that helps UK in recruiting better believe it uh, one other note by the way we ran out of time in that very first segment but we've talked about the Auburn job and uh, of course Kentucky opened with Auburn they fired Gus Malzahn and apparently I don't know who decides this, but Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, is the front runner. Again, I don't know who decides that. But Steve Sarkeesian's name has come up. He is the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Now, he may be best known as the former head coach at Southern Cal, but in the state of Alabama, he's a Bama guy. Guys, how in the world might that go over in terms of his potential for success at Auburn, but also Auburn hiring a, hiring a Bama guy. Uh, although Aaron UK hired a, a U of L guy in Kenny Payne. They sure did. I mean, it could. I think it. Would, you know what? It really depends. Maybe people would be unhappy about it at first, but if he comes in there and starts winning, I don't think anyone's going to care where it came from. So it's a results business at the end of the day. But 
you know, he's a guy who's obviously not. You mentioned USC. He's been at Bama for a little bit now. Um, I want to say he was the Atlanta Falcons OC too. So yeah, uh, he's got a lot of experience. He'd be qualified for it, but I, I don't know. It's really I just don't. It, it's mind-boggling to me that um, Kevin Steele. No, not nothing against him, but they fire Gus Malzahn with that huge buyout just to promote the D.C. and not make, like, a program change. That that just seems bizarre. You know what, Billy? You talk about how serious they are about football in the state of Alabama. Kevin Steele and Steve Sarkeesian are tied as the nation's highest-paid assistant coaches, $2.5 million each. How about that? Wow, yeah, and – you know, they just care about football to a different degree in Alabama. And that's why I, I, I don't know if going to Sarkeesian would be a great move. I mean, yeah, that'll all go away once they start winning. But are they just going to snap of the fingers, start winning, and yeah. start beating Nick Saban? You know, the the numbers with assistant coaches versus him don't look very good. And you think that's just going to change? I, I don't know. You know, I was going to go with Aaron and tell you how ridiculous this is, that they're even doing it with the $21 million buyout. Are any of these guys that much of an upgrade? Then Gus Malzahn, I don't think so. So, but I agree with the other point that they got to go somewhere else. They just can't promote the defensive coordinator. Well, you you would think not, but he's an Auburn guy. The players like him, et cetera. So you know, it's yeah. And do you go offense or defense? And by the way, offense. Sarkeesian technically yep. is one and zero against Auburn because he was he was the uh, the head coach in charge when Saban was out with COVID. During the Iron Bowl. That's right, yeah. And Alabama won 42-13. to 13. The other thing is, Sarkeesian also uh, was the head coach at Washington, did a nice job there, but coaching in Alabama, that's a different animal. You know, when you've got the, the greatest recruiting class coming in every year, and Auburn gets good recruits, but – and the other thing, too, is you go to Auburn, you've got to beat Alabama. We just learned that with Malzahn. He had a good record comparatively speaking, to the rest of the league, but not to Nick Saban. You've got to go there and beat Nick Saban. And I don't know who else can do that. And people uh, just keep hiring his disciples thinking it's going to change, you know? Yeah. It's not. It's going to take something else. Yep. What did you guys think of Kyrie Irving's comments about, oh. you know, the comparing basketball players to artists, and that's why for some reason he's not talking to the media, and he can afford to pay whatever fines. And, you know, a, a guy like that, if I were on the NBA beat, I wouldn't even care about talking to him, Aaron, because you're not going to get anything d- decent out of him. You're not going to get anything deep about what's going on with the team, right? But a lot of people fret about that stuff, and you can be fined. But I just love – he talked about the mistreatment of certain artists when we get to a certain platform of when we make decisions within our lives, that full control and ownership. <laughs> Um, we want to perform in a secure and protected space. Well, who doesn't? Charles Barkley said this. I'm not sure what point Kyrie is trying to make. And when he talks, I'm like, what the hell is he trying to say? He starts talking about being an artist. He's a basketball player. That's what he is. We're not frontline responders. We're not teachers. Man, you dribble a basketball. Stop acting like you're the smartest person in the world. Sir Charles can say that, and he said it brilliantly. 
Yeah, and he also said you're not paid $40 million a year just to play basketball uh, because talking to the media is in your contract. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, when you say things like the earth is flat, what what do you expect people to think of you in the media? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, like – uh, uh, I mean, I, I listen to plenty of New York sports radio, so uh, he's been getting ripped to shreds up here, even by um, Carton and Roberts, the new afternoon show. Roberts has been there, but he's a diehard Nets fan, and he—I I don't think he can even stand uh, Kyrie <laughs> Irving. It's—it's it's a mess. Now I'm kind of—I'm not as upset about him not being a Nick. Yeah. And a little <laughs> prediction here: I bet you he's going to complain when he doesn't get voted by these journalists for some of the awards that he holds so closely, yeah. right? Yeah. He'll yeah, his private statement like he's been doing. Yeah, and he'll blame it, you know. But you got to admire the fact that he committed a million and a half dollars to WNBA players who opted to skip the 2020 season because of the Rona. And he spoke out about the NBA playing this year in the middle of uh, or the playing last year in the middle of racial unrest in the summer. And a lot of guys did that, but not very many people ponied up money to help the WNBA players who don't make jack compared to what the uh, the men make, but that's a different uh, different matter. I'm not stumping for that. But um, but Barkley, oh, my gosh. He said, you only went to college for six months. A lot of guys are smarter than you. Just answer stupid basketball questions. And if you want to say something about social justice, say it and mean it because it's important and significant. But all that other stuff, like, yo, man, shut the hell up and talk basketball. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.